From Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on another another nice spring afternoon. Yeah, it's it's a little warm, and we may get may get a thunder shower like we did yesterday. But uh, but no, nah, it's uh, it's it's a pleasant day here, and we hope everybody doing well. Bill, Dan, and Drew, the regular crew in the studio. Jason Caldwell uh, is with us via Skype here early on. Uh, Jason normally with us in the studio when he's in town, but but there is a baseball media opportunity, a uh, opportunity with Coach Butch Thompson coming up at 4.30. So uh, Jason will be on with us for the first couple of segments as uh, as as we welcome him in. JC, how you doing today? Good, guys. How about y'all? Y'all doing good? Doing fine. Uh, man, just so much to uh, to catch up on. Man, so little time for us to do it with you today. There's been an awful lot of news here in the last week since we last uh, spent some time together. Yeah, there has been a lot of news, obviously, when you start talking about, um, I mean, obviously the big news has been from the football side of things, the, the transfer portal. When you add, um, you know, add in Peyton Thorne, uh, quarterback from Michigan State, a guy that I think all, all signs have been pointing to that one. I mean, when you saw it and you looked at it, you said, look, that's the guy that looks like Auburn is, is kind of targeting, and they were. And so um, that was a big deal. And obviously, you know, you add uh, – the wide receiver of Ohio State that gives you the potential to be a difference maker at that position. You know, obviously got to step up and and see what he can do and how much does he bring to the table, all those things. But, um, you know, you, you do those things, and, and that's kind of really the starting point uh, from the football perspective. And obviously, basketball is kind of, kind of still waiting to see what happens from a portal standpoint there. But, you know, baseball, softball um, – Obviously, baseball, another huge series win for them. Right. Um, turn around again and play on Thursday at Ole Miss. A hungry Ole Miss team softball will play Ole Miss as well in the SEC tournament tomorrow. So uh, a couple of big days to kind of get things rolling for, for them as well this week. Yeah, you're right. Busy, busy time. And uh, just before we came on, uh, news in the basketball transfer portal, Julian Phillips on the uh, on the next to the last day for basketball players to enter the portal and be eligible for next year uh, has entered the portal, the former five-star who chose Tennessee over Auburn. Yeah, um, the question is going to be, is he a guy that you'll be able to to, to have eligible? Yeah, that, and of, that's what I've got. Dan's been uh, hmm. trying to find. I, I had someone tell me, now that doesn't, I haven't read it yet, had someone tell me that uh, players had to be uh, in the portal by May 1st to be eligible, but I have not been able so, to. Have so you been able to ev- confirm? Everything I've seen says that May 1st was the fall sports deadline. Now, I can't find a spring sports deadline. That's the problem. I found one from two years ago that says July 1st. That was when the SEC had uh, had, had implemented other rules. But I'm under the impression that there's a different... The, the rule that we're talking about, that May 1st rule, applies specifically to football players. We're not sure if basketball players are working with that same deadline or if there's a different one because there are different transfer portal windows 
for fall sports and spring sports. Yeah, and of course the the fall sports now have moved their dates, remember? I, I think and, and and I think the SEC is going to probably have to clear this up and I also wonder Jason if this impacts uh the Vanderbilt player that Auburn was after Tyron unless, Lawrence. unless unless he's a graduate transfer, I don't know his academic status, but this also might apply to him unless it unless it applies to when you jumped into the portal and not when you uh, when when you ultimately choose a school but i think the deadline for a spring sport might be later in the year than may 1st i can't find a a recent update from the sec about that though in the in, in the research i've done in the last few minutes yeah I, I, yeah i i i think it you're right i, I think it's going to be different for the other sports that's the thing it's just it's just the unknown you, you know because mm-hmm. you're right you don't want to speak on it until you're sure one way or the other, we know the football rule was was by what May the first, and so you knew that or March the first, and so um, this one's a little different. This one is is you know what sports are impacted. How does it impact him? You're right. How does it impact Tyron Lawrence? Um, and and I, I, I for me, I don't believe that I don't believe that this is is one in this sport that's going to be like football. I, I, I yeah, I feel like that that this one is going to be a little bit different, but we got to we got to make sure of that. Right, of course. With football, one of the big reasons was coaches did not want players being able to go through spring practice, transferring after spring ball. This is completely different. We're talking about the end of the school year here now, and they've got the entire summer. It's not like they're about to start playing, and they've just gone through you know their their preseason workouts. Maybe so the uncertainty doesn't <clears throat> sort of overwhelm the news itself. Let Let's go this way. Assuming he's got immediate eligibility. In the SEC that Auburn's got to be very interested. What's what's the what's what's the connection? Why would why would he think about coming to Auburn? Why would Auburn target him? Yeah, I mean, I think you look and obviously when you start talking about a guy like Julie Phillips, this is you know a wing, mm-hmm, a big extremely wing, a, extremely athletic, highly recruited guy that Auburn recruited. So there's connections there. Obviously knows the coaching staff, those kind of things, and opportunity. You start going, hey, opportunity. Auburn doesn't have anybody like him on the roster, um, and and you're talking about that's a hole that needs filling for Auburn. Mm-hmm. And even Tyron Lawrence, to me, doesn't fill that same hole. No, he's six four. Yes, uh, six four on a good day, I, you know. And so, <laughs> yes, I think this is a, I think it's a different kind of guy. And so, um, that's the thing for me is that this is this is that three, that big guard, small forward position that. They, they've been looking to find June Phillips is a guy that has the ability to come in and be absolutely an NBA player in one year if mm-hmm. he takes a big step. And that's that's what you're looking forward to if you're whoever, you know, whoever he signs with. And so I would expect Auburn to be very much in the picture here. Oh, yeah. So th- so that's sort of the the breaking news. As we were saying, a lot of portal news over the last week as Auburn uh, has added four players here in the spring portal after, you know, a lot of folks getting nervous, wondering what's going to happen. Obviously, the, uh, the, the top name is Peyton Thorne, the, the quarterback from Michigan State. You mentioned, uh, Caleb Burton, the receiver from Ohio State. You've added an offensive lineman just in the last couple of days in, uh, Jaden Muskrat from Tulsa. And then it started with Jalen McLeod, the, uh, the pass rusher from App State. It did, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, I think when you look at it, this is, uh, you know, this is exactly what Auburn had to, had to do. Um, you had to create competition. As soon as T.J. Finley went in the transfer portal, we we said it went from 
wanting to add another quarterback to needing to add another quarterback. And, and Hugh Freeze said that as much this morning. So, look, we we won't, we're going to have four guys on, on scholarship. That's what we want every year. So Auburn needed somebody. But they also needed somebody that had experience to come in and, and compete. And, and it is a competition. That's that's what this is. Uh, it's not a coronation. Uh, now, he may very well win the job, and it may be him. But I think he's going to have to come earn it. Um, and so I think that was the starting point. Everybody focuses kind of on the quarterback position. Obviously, that's a huge part of things. But, you know, adding a, another offensive lineman and a guy that's versatile enough to <clears throat> probably going to be inside at guard for this team but could easily slide outside and play right tackle if you need him to. That's where he played last year at Tulsa. Um, that's a big deal. Um, we talked about wide receiver, adding a guy that gives you the potential to be a number one guy um, a little bit longer in terms of a slot receiver than, than what Auburn's had. Auburn's had the 5'8", the 5'9", type guys. This is a 5'11", 6-foot type slot receiver, but extremely athletic and can fly. His thing is going to be, can you stay healthy? And so um, that's the deal there. And then, you know, I said all along, I thought the number one need for this team was to find a speed pass rusher. Right. You look at you know Jalen McLeod. He's a guy that gives you some of those traits. Um, how much can he can he do those things? Can he be a, more than a third down type of player? Um, that's going to be the question mark. But he gives you that pass rush ability off the edge. So uh, those are important important parts of things. Um, obviously for Auburn in the portal. J- Jason, there there were a lot of quarterbacks that went into the portal. Auburn was connected to a couple of them. What was it about Peyton Thorne? That, that made Auburn decide that this is the guy of, of the veteran options we could pursue, that, that this is the right one to bring in? Um, I think it was experience, productivity. Um, this is a guy that, I mean, has a, has a ton of touchdown passes that played pretty well. Even last year, when they couldn't run it a lick, he's a guy that did some pretty good things. I mean, he had, you know, his numbers weren't weren't terrible considering that they were awful running the football. And when they've run the football pretty successfully, he's won and, and won big. And so I think that's the thing you look at it going, look, it's not a guy that, that's going to try to come in and do it on his own. Um, he's a guy that, that's going to fit within the system, but is athletic enough and talented enough to, to make plays within a system. And so I think that was – Probably the biggest thing there that and that experience is you just it's hard it's tough to beat that. Yeah, I don't want to make the the expectations unrealistic, but everything the what people what people say about him and some of the numbers it does remind me a little bit of Jarrett Stidham at Auburn. I mean, he's his his numbers in twenty five games aren't that dissimilar. They're strikingly similar. They're strikingly they really are. they're strikingly similar to Jarrett Stidham's uh, numbers in twenty seven games at Auburn. Jarrett Stidham was a decidedly less productive quarterback when he didn't have a run game supporting him. You think about 2017 versus 2018. And, uh, you know, he, he's somebody who, uh, the, the athleticism. I, I think Jared Stenham wasn't necessarily known for game-breaking, uh, you know, plays with his legs, but there were times when he could use uh, his, his feet to keep plays moving or, or punish a defense. It's, it's I mean, is, is, there, is there something there with a, a, a little bit of a similarity between Auburn's former quarterback from 2018 and, and 2017 and, and what Auburn is, is maybe getting now? Yeah, I think so. I think there's some similarities there. You know, Jared Stidham was a guy that was athletic enough to play wide receiver at Baylor. Um, in the meantime, uh, I don't know if Peyton Thorne's that guy, um, but I do think he's he's a very similar guy. And you look at um, the ability, not, not the big 6'5 guy, but he's big enough. 
Uh, and, and I like, you know, he's got a quick release and does some things well in the pocket. So, yeah, I think there's some similarities there. But, um, you know, I said, just have to see, um, you know, how quickly he picks things up. How does this offense fit? You know, does he get some you know, wide receiver help? And, and, and build, you know, there's so many questions that have to be answered between now and September. But um, it gives you an opportunity to bring another guy in with experience to compete for sure. All right. So, um, so, so that, uh, that, that, Again, has been a busy last week or so in in the portal. I don't think Auburn at least is planning on being done either, Jason. No, I mean there's still some some spots there. You look at, it. I mean, another wide receiver or two, which tells you what they felt like they they saw out of the wide receiver group this spring. Um, that they're looking to add that that much more to that position. Um, so I think that's the biggest one. Um, that you're looking at right now, but I mean, there's there's other spots that that you know you can shore up. I think linebacker, another edge rusher, if that guy came available, there there's some places. But I think at this point, it's almost like you're in the NFL draft, and you start going, "Hey, um, best available talent." You'll try to bring those guys in because you're gonna have some room, and mm-hmm. so a hey, best available talent to to add to the roster. I think that's almost the mindset right now if you're Auburn. Yeah, Hugh Freeze today at the Regions Tournament, Regions Golf Tournament, said one or two more receivers, and he mentioned, uh, you know, a, a, a linebacker, another edge, um, you know, a defensive back. Uh, so, I mean, Auburn's got room to bring a few more of them in, and I, and I, I sort of expect them uh, to, to get some more. Would you feel like wide receivers maybe the most likely, or or maybe the next the next thing we're going to see is another receiver? I think so. I think that's what you're looking at. They've already had a couple of those guys take official visits. Right. Um, so I think that's probably the most likely. But that's also a spot where, other than defensive line, that's probably the spot on the field where you might rotate guys more than anywhere else. Wide receiver and defensive line is normally where you play the most guys. And so that would seem like the opportunity to earn more playing time there for a newcomer, even though they've got some guys at the position. Jason Caldwell with us here uh, early on in hour number one, with us for one more segment before uh, he uh, heads to a, a teleconference with Butch Thompson. We'll talk some baseball with Jason when we return here on the Wednesday Drive. The Edward Via College of Osteopathic Medicine in Auburn is dedicated to its mission of transforming medical students into caring, compassionate physicians. VCOM partners with Auburn University for student activities, shared learning experiences, and research opportunities. Students are instructed in a hands-on learning environment by outstanding faculty members that are dedicated to student success. VCOM is working to improve the health of Alabama's citizens by increasing the number of primary care physicians throughout the state, especially in rural and underserved areas. Find out more at vcom.edu. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. A few more minutes with Jason Caldwell before he heads off to a uh, a Zoom press conference with Butch Thompson. You mentioned it, Jason. I mean, another um, huge weekend for Auburn this past weekend, taking two out of three from LSU. You talked about Auburn. You talked about uh, Butch looking at 
you know, moving some things around matchup wise with the rotation. It couldn't have worked out better. Well, I guess it could have worked out better. Uh, I guess Chase could have given up nothing at all. He hits the first batter of the game, gives up a two run homer on the third pitch of the game. Mm. After that, he was great. And, and the Auburn pitching was outstanding on Friday night. And then Auburn, Auburn had more. Uh, more arms left than LSU did is the way it turned out, and they win two out of three, including the uh, the uh, uh, run rule victory on Sunday. Yeah, no, I don't know that it – well, I do know. It would not have mattered who pitched on Friday night uh, with Paul Skeens on the other side. And, um, no. I'm afraid he, he is the real Austin. deal, isn't he? Wow. Yeah, yeah good, as, good as I've seen. He was very comparable to a guy like David Price, um, really, really strong. Before we talk about baseball, I do have an answer. Um, oh, good. SEC to SEC, as long as they were in before May 1st, they're okay. After May 1st, they would have to seek a waiver. So June Phillips is a guy who would have to seek a waiver. That's, 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 that's what someone had told me. I had not been able to find it anywhere. So, so, so yeah, those, they were right. So those deadlines. So, so Tyron Lawrence is fine. Yes. And, and those deadlines, I think, are those are underclassmen uh, deadlines, I would yes. imagine. It's, it's yeah, maybe I mean, different. Yeah, grad for, transfer would not have mattered. Just like right. Grad transfer doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's any time. And so that, yep. that might mean where the basketball is using the winter sport deadline. And then there's a, there's a I think it's for baseball players that we're looking to switch in this situation, their portal opens up a little bit later because the season's going on. Baseball yeah. players are probably looking July 1st. That's yeah, the, that's be, the yeah, different. It will be a little later. Yeah, so, yeah, so a guy like June Phillips would, would need to get a waiver, which I would assume if you push hard enough right now that they're, they're probably not going to turn do something you, like that down. Do you a waiver that, but, from – now, that's an SEC thing. Is it a waiver from the NCAA or from you, Tennessee? It would have to be SEC because, yeah, it is not, that's not an NCAA rule. It would right. be – yeah, it would be an SEC thing, and so they would be the ones that would have to clear that. Maybe a little bit more hurdle to, yeah. to jump right there. Yeah, maybe maybe the SEC is not going to rubber stamp the way some other coaches have said that their oh, yeah. conferences are doing those sorts of things. Do you I, think? I think I think the coaches are going to go look. If we don't do this, it's going to hurt us. It's going to hurt this league. It's going to hurt us. And so I think they're going to. I'd be I'd be surprised if they don't say, "Hey, let's change this." But do you think that really opens up? You may not be that, quick enough yeah. to do it this year, though. Right. Do, do you think that really opens up the chances that Julian Phillips may leave the conference in his transfer? Sure. I, I think it obviously makes it much more of a reality, for yeah. sure. I don't think there's any question about that. So, yeah, so I did get an answer on that. Um, back well, to, it's not the answer I wanted. Yeah. No, it's, no, no. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, good news um, for, it's good news for Miami, probably. But, oh, yeah, man. Is, yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah, back to baseball. You look, yeah, it was we, – we talked about it two weeks ago. If, if Auburn could go win two games – they would put give themselves a chance. Well, they won two games each weekend and won series back to back series against top five opponents um, to give themselves now more than a chance. If you look now, and Auburn has eleven SEC wins, got two series left again at Ole Miss this week and in Missouri the last week, and very different scenarios. Auburn is fighting for postseason and fighting to, for kind of. Seeding, if you will, yeah. Ole Miss and and Missouri are both fighting for postseason period. Mm -hmm. These are two teams that are just fighting to get to Hoover. That's what that's, and so you're going to face a a really hungry baseball team. I would, I I believe. Now, Ole Miss, where they are is they're sitting there outside the window of the NCAA tournament. They've got 18 SEC losses. They're not going to get into the tournament unless they win the SEC tournament. Um, but they have to get in the this, SEC this team's tournament. not winning the SEC tournament. Right. So I think in their heart of hearts, they know this pretty much. This season is done. But 
They also knew that going into Saturday's game at Missouri, and they hit mm-hmm. six home runs and scored 20 runs. So um, this is a really talented offensive team. they got 80-plus home runs. Um, Auburn's going to have to pitch well again, and, and they're going to have to score some runs to go over to Oxford and win. But this Ole Miss has struggled in to finish off series. They're 6-18 and 18 for a reason. But they also have a, a top-five pick in Jacob Gonzalez. Um, they got a guy that's hit 19 home runs. And so um, if you go over and don't play well, then you could you could crash back to earth pretty quickly. Who who are some players that have impressed <laughs> you in in this in this resurgent run the last couple of weeks as as Auburn has greatly changed their position in the conference? Yeah, I, I mean it's just it's just pitching and yep. pitching depth. I think has been the key, and yeah, you got to give a lot of credit to to Butch Thompson and and, and Darren Schoenrock for handling this pitching staff and finding and pushing the right buttons. And, and they said, you know what we're going to do? We're, we're not going to wear out Will Cannon, Tanner Bauman, and John Armstrong. And instead, they, they started leaning on a Parker Carlson. They got Drew Nelson back involved. We saw Zach Crotchfelt. We've seen Hayden Murphy. We've seen some of these other pieces be put into play and give them an inning or two here or there. Um, that's helped a lot. But there's nothing that's been more important than than Tommy Vale and, and Christian Herberholtz starting in the Alabama series three weeks ago, giving you 10-plus innings a weekend from your starting rotation. That's more than Auburn was getting total in three games. Right. And so they're able to – you took some of the pressure off that bullpen by getting a little bit deeper in games. And uh, if they can do that again this weekend, if you look it up – if you look up the end of this weekend and and Chase Allsup, Tommy Vale, and Christian Herbert-Holtz have given you 15 innings – of the 29 that you need or 27 that you need um, this weekend, then you got to like Auburn's chances to go over there and win two out of three. And that's kind of always the goal um, anytime, especially on the road. I mean, one thing that's just been uh, great to see, but, you know, a surprise to some is guys are throwing strikes now. I mean, LSU walked a, walked a lot more batters than Auburn did over the weekend. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's comfort. It's, you know, Guys, they've grown up, they've matured, um, they've got experience, and they've settled into roles for the first time. I mean, you know, we've seen Drew Nelson have to start. We've seen Zach Crotchfield have to start. We, we all, you know, John John Armstrong started. Will Cannon started. Tanner Bauman. I mean, like all those guys have been in the starting rotation, and now you found a home for those guys as bullpen pieces, and I think it's helped. But yeah, um, you know, Chase Allsup's a guy that is 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 the most talented guy of this pitching staff mm-hmm. and they've kind of figured out some things for him, a different grip. And, and, and so if he can go out and, and set the tone again on Thursday night, then, uh, then I think Auburn will be in good shape. Jason, no, you got to run. Um, tell everybody hello there in the zoom. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, this, this is a, uh, it's really been fun seeing Auburn clicking down the stretch. Uh, we were talking with Justin Kirby a couple of days ago, and I mean, the thing now is Auburn. Uh, Auburn the last couple of weekend is the hunter. They've been the they've been uh, you know the hunting, uh, they're, they're the hunt. Yeah, they're the hunted now as uh, Missouri and Ole Miss looking to try to knock them off. Auburn just needs to go in and continue playing the way they have, and and they've got a great shot to uh, uh, to set themselves up pretty well for postseason. Yeah, this is it. You, you, you your goal is to. Obviously, to win as many as you can, and and but but you get to fourteen, and and you, you feel like man, you're in, you're in great shape. Um, and so you got eleven now. 
that means splitting three and three the rest of the way. But the goal is to win, to do more than that. That's the goal right. is right. to win as many as you can get and try to try to bump yourself up into that top eight of the SEC tournament. That that that'd be the ultimate goal there. But um, yeah, just got to go out, and continue to play well, and continue to kind of build on what you've done the last couple of weeks. Jason, let everybody know how they can keep up with everything you guys are doing and follow you. Yep, yeah, can check us out at, at AuburnUndercover.com, uh, AUTigers.com as well. It'll get you there. And also follow me on Twitter at ITATJason. All right, Jason, thanks a lot, man. Thanks, guys. Jason Caldwell joining us uh, as, as he's got a scoot to get to the uh, uh, get on that Zoom with uh, Butch Thompson. We appreciate him joining us. Yeah, and, and appreciate him updating us. That's what I had heard. Again, the, the news that was breaking just before we came on the air. Julian Phillips, the five-star Tennessee freshman, five-star who was a freshman at Tennessee this past year, um, you know, a, a six-foot-eight small forward or big guard, if you will, but really a small forward uh, who chose Tennessee over Auburn. Entering the portal today, it appears. I mean, as far as we know, it's hard for me to believe that he could have been in the portal for 10 days with nobody knowing about it. So uh, under SEC rules, he would have to get a waiver to transfer within the conference. He played one year at Tennessee, One right? year at played, Tennessee. You know, tra- yes. Transferring after just one season. And, and I, be- I believe the rules are for the conference that an underclassman who wants to switch needs to be in the portal by February 1st. An underclassman in, in football. In football. Uh, an under- March 1st. It's March. Now, they, they've moved it then because the article I was seeing was saying... So February 1st Feb- now? February 1st for football. Okay. May first for basketball for spring it was it was fall sports winter sports spring sports okay and if it, if basketball is a winter sport under that category yeah, it's, it's, then it's then May, it would be May 1st. it would be on the May first timeline baseball players and other spring sport July athletes 1st. would have until July first so that gives the portals open uh, in that in that time period but you can't transfer without a waiver within the SEC all right we'll get to our bottom of the hour break we'll open up the phone lines love for you to join in. On the Wednesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, hour number one of The Drive Brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the, the uh, they're also the sponsor of our hotline. And you can get through by calling 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. On the Drive Text Box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. All right, so Jason Caldwell um, giving us the... Uh, the answer that I, you know, I, I've said when we uh, talked about Julian Phillips entering the transfer portal today, that I had been told that 
SEC players had to be in by May 1st to be able to transfer to another SEC school. And, and Jason did confirm that. We were talking about it during the break. And, Dan, I, I am 99.9% sure that this rule was put in before there were transfer portal windows. You know, until this year, players could enter the portal at any time. And the SEC trying to keep some sense to transfers within the conference had put in a date that uh, they felt would prevent players from going through spring practice and then transferring uh, for football. And then for winter sports such as basketball, they'd put in May 1st thinking that's about the time school ends. They didn't want players transferring during the summer. Well, that was also... From one conference school to another. For a while, that was also the portal. Like, before we had two portal windows in, in, in sports, that was, the, that was the window where you had to be... You had, you had to announce... There was like two years, right, where there was a transfer portal that basically ended on May 1st, where if you weren't in the portal... By May 1st, you weren't going to be immediately eligible. Without a waiver. Yeah, you, right. had, you had to get the year. So the, S- the SEC, I'm sure. That was an just, NCAA rule. Yeah. The SEC, I'm sure, just went along with that. Now, the SEC adjusted once the portals came in. They, they made February 1st the deadline for, for football and fall sports. And it's, it apparently has remained May 1st. What's crazy is I, I believe the SEC will adjust this rule to have it go along with the transfer portal, which is not a set date. Remember, it's 45, well, what, it's 60 days after the national championship game, right? Yes. So, and that date can fluctuate a little bit, but I think the SEC ought to put that in, ought to just go ahead and and, uh, have its rule be the same as the NCAA. But it's 40. 45 days from the day that the postseason is revealed, so like the day the bracket is, is revealed in college basketball, it's, it's 45 days starting then, and it uh, and then there's another... Actually, I think in spring, it's just an unbroken 60-day window. That's right. It is a straight 60 days. In, in football, it opens. It's the Monday football, after the Bulls. Yeah, since they're, since they're mid-year signings, yeah, it's, it, it's you, the Monday have after, a, an early portal and a late portal. The Monday after Bowl selection day, 45 days, and, and then another 15-day window... Uh, towards the end of the spring semester. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, apparently, as of right now, the SEC still has the rule in place that a player has to, basketball player, would have to be in the portal by May 1st to be eligible to transfer this fall, even wonder, though it's just it's May 11th. There's nothing more to be gained. But I don't know that a player is going to be able to, uh, you know, have any more information or it would be any more disadvantageous for the school that he's leaving on May 11th than it would be on May 1st. How, how long has the basketball portal been open, though? Right? Like, we're coming up on the 60-day deadline, Yes, right? tomorrow. Like I, I tomorrow see, is, the, is day number 60. I can see why the SEC would want a deadline in place. And why? maybe it doesn't need to, maybe it needs to be the play, same. Players don't have to, they don't have to decide when the portal closes. No, maybe it needs to be the same day the portal closes. I think it should right? be. Like, like, it shouldn't be. I mean, but, but, the, but I do think a deadline in place where at this point you can't uh, transfer within the conference isn't the worst idea. Like that, like having having no, a set. No, but but what, but for one, when you have a sixty day window, it really seems yeah. arbitrary that that nine or ten days before the end of that sixty days, 
Um, because especially in a situation when you're dealing with a first-year player, a freshman who sees the NCAA rule, I mean, I, I'm, he could say, well, I'm just, I went in the portal before the NCAA deadline. Why can't I go it where makes, I want? It makes more sense in football. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, in, it football, makes sense in football, in football and, the rule is in place because the SEC clearly does not want players going through spring practice right. with one SEC team and then transferring with immediate eligibility to a different makes SEC team. Makes perfect sense. Like, and, and I can understand why they would not want that. Um, and and so the the really the second portal window does does not I mean if you if you're now that there is a window if you're I, but I if you're an the under, SEC ought to just abide by that if you're an underclassman SEC football player and you want to stay within the conference and transfer the second window doesn't really apply to you at all because you you need to decide in that first forty five day window I thought maybe they're trying to mirror that with basketball but it does feel very arbitrary to cut the last 10 days off of the portal just for underclassmen. I wonder if the SEC will, uh, how, how uh, generous they will be with waivers in this uh, process if, if an underclassman player that jumped into the portal late wanted to stay within the conference. I think it would be really tough to deny them. I, I, yeah, I wonder, I wonder what the SEC would do in, in, that, in that situation. But, and we does, may, yeah, we may does, find out, depending on where does, Julian Phillips wants to Does the, the SEC office want... Um, um, you know, potential stars leaving the league. Right. Chris Hummer wrote a uh, you know a, a rank a recap. This is about a year ago, uh, but he summed up some of the uh, some of the most common things that are cited on immediate eligibility waivers. Um, common assertions in waiver appeals include a player's mental health, uh, allegations that a player was run off, uh, a player left due to egregious behavior, or a player needs to move closer to home. Because of a sick family member, so so any of those things could be cited if someone uh, wanted to stay within the SEC. I guess they could they could appeal using any of those. Now that's the NCAA, right? So the SEC right. isn't obligated, but I agree, Bill. I don't think the SEC really wants to be uh, unless they think something untoward happened. Sure, to lure a you know player there, from there one have been rumblings about Julian Phillips entering the transfer portal for a long time. Now he's he's made himself available for the NBA draft, and he's been invited to the combine. Um, which is uh, which is next week starts Monday, so he's going to be at the at, at the NBA Combine starting Monday. So I mean, he may be a one and done guy. He may not be back in college, but he's done this so that he could come back to college in case he decides not to stay and doesn't look like he's going to be, you know, a high draft pick. Now the other thing to remember about Julian Phillips is he like Yohan Treor had signed with Will Wade at LSU before uh, Will, Wade, all, Will Wade's problems uh, came up, and then it came down to Tennessee and Auburn. So maybe it's, maybe it, who knows, maybe it's not a surefire thing that if he stays in the conference, it's at Auburn. Result? And, and he's, he's originally from, uh, from, from Branson, Missouri. There are quite a few, um, quite a, quite a few players in the NBA draft mm-hmm. that kept their college eligibility in play and are in the portal as well. And I wonder if they will uh, take their recruitment more seriously once they know for sure, sure. about if, what they're going to do. Whether they're going to be playing professionally yeah. and, or not. And there's, and there's talk, Bill, uh, and, and it's you know more than one account on social media uh, speculating about this, that Kobe Brown could join right. that list as well. Yep. And he would be pretty monstrous addition for any college basketball team that wants to uh yeah, wants, I, wants I, to I, supplement the front court. I, I know that uh one one message board is uh 
is going crazy, and that's that's Alabama's. They feel like they'll get Kobe Brown if he goes into the portal. And I, and I think that if you were to take Alabama's current roster and add Kobe Brown to it, they would be looking at yeah, a pretty being good, pretty a, good roster. a preseason preseason top five, top ten team just, just about everywhere. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot to be keeping an eye on. Man, this portal thing has has really has really kept things going. More talk about some sports in May than I can ever recall. Football and basketball with all the all the portaling. 334-321-1390. We'd love for you to join him. What do you think about the news of the day? Uh, we, we'd love to get your thoughts. And uh, again, I mean, with Hugh Freeze at the Regents today saying, hey, a receiver or two, I think Auburn is is very close to adding at least one more receiver. I would think Montana Lamonius Craig is probably the next guy. Um, we'll see about uh, Jair Shorter as well. And, and Lamonius Craig, <coughs> after the um, after, after the spring game he had, you know, th- this is someone who had, had the attention of a couple programs that were looking to add to their receiver room. I would I would think that the addition of Peyton Thorne helps uh, a sales pitch sure. for Montana oh, Lamonius sure. Craig, you know, now that he's entering a situation that would have a, a little bit more stability in the quarterback room or, or easier to easier to project what it's going to look like. Uh, yeah, adding a receiver would be... I mean, we, we speculated yesterday on what could still be on the mm-hmm. on the shopping list for Auburn. And I think They've they, got room for at least five, by my calculation. And I think they'd love for one of those guys to be a receiver, especially a receiver that could mm-hmm. uh, that they could push for some time quickly. 334-321-1390. We'll get to uh, Slack before we get to our final break here of hour number one. Hey, Slack. How you doing, Slack? What's going on, guys? Man, a, hey, a, a lot compared to most most years. Slack, I was just thinking about you. I want to again give you credit. Credit where credit's due. It's what we do here. You called about J.C. Hart very early in the process. Did you not? Yeah, I did. I, I feel like you called us very <laughs> early in that young man's career and said there's a, there's a special one out there. Watch out. And, you know, speaking of receivers. Oh, yeah, and... and uh, he he had a uh, a good state track meet, and I believe uh, I believe somebody weighed him the other day, and he's two oh five. My goodness, the youngster is about twenty pounds heavier than uh, than this past fall. I, I would have liked to have seen him come to go through spring practice, but apparently, uh, I guess Los Pocos doesn't have early graduation. Yeah, I think you're right. So he couldn't go through <laughs> spring practice simply because of that, and that's. Crazy because he's all, he already has college credit. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been taking those for a while, I believe. I, w- I wonder if it's. I mean, clearly, it's not the same thing as simulating actually being there. But I wonder if being as as close as he is. Well, ge- I bet he was around geographically. Helps yeah. you know it, it won't won't set him back the way it would if if he were a player hundreds of miles away. Right, right. Uh, the uh, uh, portal. Uh huh. When does the NCAA take into consideration? Uh, you know, when they put these dates down, that these kids still have to go to school. And, for example, the kid from Tennessee you just talked about. Right. Um, I think they, they don't have graduation until, like, two weeks, 18th or the 20th, somewhere around there. Well, he's, yeah, well, and, the thing is, he's going to be, he's not going to be around next week anyway. He's going to be at the NBA Combine. They're not, they're not giving slack. <laughs> the point is that they're, they're not giving kids the chance to finish the term with some of these dates. That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, you you, you want to give a put a date on uh, 
when he needs to make some announcement. But if the kid stops going to class, it's going to be ineligible, right? That's true. Well, I mean, and that's one of the things that that people don't take into account is these guys have to be eligible. It's not just, oh, good, they want to go somewhere else, and it doesn't matter what their grades are if it'll transfer. Uh, so that's right. Well, but, I mean, if, you've even got... If it's, even if it's understood that they need to stay eligible academically, I can understand why a player would want to put off reopening their recruitment. As long as possible. Until the semester's <laughs> over. Right. So they don't have to focus on multiple things at once. And with these deadlines, like Slack is pointing out, a player in the SEC that wants to wait until the term is over, there are some schools where a basketball player might miss... They might miss the window, waiting until the term is over before. Oh, Jeff, they would Jeff, for a lot of them. I guess they could go into the they portal would. and then and then open their recruitment afterward. I suppose that's but. what the NCAA wants them to do. The NCAA has encouraged them to just go ahead and announce they're in the portal, but not take any visits until you know until they can until after the semester or term. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. 334-321-1390. We'll get to our final break here of hour number one. Come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of hour number one here on the Wednesday Drive. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell with us for a couple of segments. I hope you had a chance to hear Jason. If you tuned in late and missed it, we encourage you to check out the podcast. Podcast of the Drive, available however you get your podcasts. Go to ESPNAU.com or RadioAlabama.net or use your your favorite podcasting platform. It's all presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Bill, do we have a, a brief Major League Baseball uh, segment in us, or, or do we got something else? Oh, we I don't know. I haven't about? seen anything about Major League Baseball today. Well, so. I mean, look, we've, we haven't talked that much Braves lately. Uh, Max Freed. Uh, oh, yeah. I mentioned that yesterday. Worried. That's tough. That, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially when they say it's not going to be a short-term problem. Even though they say no elbow situations, not anything to be terribly concerned about, I'd be concerned if a guy's going to be out for a significant amount of time. Especially the pitcher when, has a forearm problems. Yeah, I mean, if it's his ankle or his foot, I mean, that's concerning too. But when you're talking about a guy's throwing arm, uh, a, a, a problem with the, with the wrist or the forearm or the elbow or the shoulder, right? Like it's it's... I mean, maybe maybe it's not something that will take two years off of his career. Hopefully, like it can sometimes when a pitcher gets injured in this situation. But no, it's a it's a worrisome development for a guy who uh, was uh, among the top options for the Braves and one of the better starting pitchers oh, in he, the National League. One of, one of the top pitchers in the National right. League. Right, and and now looks like you know there, there's some uncertainty as to what uh, the next few months uh, could look like for uh, for Max Fried. I mean, the, a, a rare piece of bad news for the Braves this year, considering the start they're off to and the way their guys have been playing. Oh, oh yes, no question. I mean, the second-best record in baseball and a hugely – that's the thing I looked at yesterday. I had not looked at the standings, and the Braves going into play today – the only team in the National League East over 500 and a seven-game lead. Yeah, it's, it's uh, over the Marlins. I mean, that, that's the team now yeah. in, uh, in second place uh, with, the, uh, with, with the, both the Mets and the Phillies struggling. I mean, they're closer to the Nationals than they are uh, the Braves. The Braves uh, with a, a little bit of distance over the Dodgers for the best record 
in the National League, but no, they're off to a uh, they're off to just a tremendous start. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. I mean, they've gotten. I mean, Bryce Elder has stepped in and done great. Uh, Jared Schuster getting the start for the Braves today. I mean, the the surprise I would say in the National League in the first. 40 games or so of the season is the Pirates. Had, right? I mean, yeah, they've been struggling lately. Though. Yeah, they, they it's, have it's, really. It's I gonna, mean, they've lost like nine out of 10. Now. Yeah, the, you know, that's, that's, I always like the last 10 in the standings, right? Yeah. You get there at the very end. I mean, the Pirates sitting there in first place, 21 and 17. Last 10 games. Yeah, but they were 20 and 7. They've lost 10 out of 11. Last 10 games, 1 and 9. Yeah, so they're 1 and 10. How about the Central? Uh, the Brewers are 2 and 8 in their last 10. The Cubs are three and seven in their last ten. The Cardinals, by the way, the Cardinals in last place. Fewest wins. That's all Wilson Contreras' how about, fault. How about the how often do you say it this deep into a season? You ready? The Cardinals with the fewest wins in the National League. Ooh, uh, it's I don't ever recall that. Forty games I don't ever in recall that a quarter of the way the into Cardinals the season. The Cardinals with the fewest wins in the National League, the third. And 24 St. Louis hmm. Cardinals, 3 and 7 in their last 10. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you did see when we were talking about Max Fried, you did see that it's been announced he's out at least two months now. Today, just. The, I'll the tell you the scary part of that. At least two months. Scary part of that statement is at least. Is he at least? At least. Yes. Yeah, because you don't get the feeling it's going to be exactly two months. And yeah, all the best to. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, uh, Mark Bowman of MLB also reporting that Kyle Wright is expected to be sidelined at least mm. two months. Well, I mean, l- so l- Max, Max Fried and Kyle Wright both out. Until July, the, the, at the earliest. The Braves will be leaning heavily on Strider and Morton at the top yeah, of no the rotation. Kidding. Maybe Byers for another starting pitcher. You think with uh, with with? Oh free, yeah, I would think and, so. Yeah, I would sure think so. I mean, may, maybe they could be Byers. Uh, the Braves. You mentioned that they were the only team above five hundred yeah. in the East. They're the only team with a positive run differential. In the uh, in in the in the National League East, they're the only team that scored more runs. Doesn't surprise me. The, how about this though? The worst run differential in the National League, the second place Marlins in in the NL. So East. they win the close games and get blown out when they don't. Yeah, the Marlins have been outscored by fifty five runs this year, which is the worst mark of any team in the National League. They are one game under five hundred. Wow. Now, that might even out, and that might mean that the Marlins could finish pretty close to the bottom uh, over time. Uh, But, yeah, at the moment, they are defying uh, the run differential and, like you said, winning the close ones and uh, getting uh, getting run off the field. If you're not going to win, just uh, go ahead and... uh get pounded. Yeah. You know, let, let the whatever. position players pitch in the in, in the late innings, I guess. All right, we'll step aside halfway done here on the Wednesday Drive. Come on in and join us in hour number 2. and schedule an ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Kevin Winter. Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Warriors, had already said this is not the last dance for Golden State should they not win the title. But what this could be is the first time ever under Kerr that the Warriors have been bounced out of the playoffs by a Western Conference opponent. 
19 previous series versus the West, 19 wins. Tonight, the Warriors return home, trailing the Lakers three games to one in the best of seven conference semifinal series. ESPN Radio coverage starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Golden State, seven and a half point favorites. Speaking of being favorites, at Caesars, the Lakers have moved to co-favorites to win the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Tied with Denver at plus 300. Think about this for the Lakers at Thanksgiving. They were 75 to 1 odds to win the championship. Heat trying to take off the Knicks up 3-1 game 5 tonight at Madison Square Garden. Afternoon baseball in the Bronx. High five ball. Deep center. Going back Ruiz. Still back on the track at the wall. See ya. A grand slam for the kid. And the Yankees lead 11-2. The kid being Anthony Volpe, Michael K with the call of the Yes Network. Yankees pound the A's 11-3 is your final first career Grand Slam from Volpe. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? And one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. The sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on a nice-looking Wednesday afternoon where there's quite a bit going on. I mean, we've been talking a lot of football portal, some basketball portal news and implications, trying to figure that out. We'll get more into that as we uh, get going here in hour number two. We'd love for you to join in. We'll let you know how you can do that momentarily after we uh, let you know that hour number two of the Drive Brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And, yes, you can join us here on the show by calling the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And that number is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. Yeah, Jason Caldwell was with us for the first couple of segments in hour number one before uh, he had to uh, leave to join in on a uh, Zoom teleconference with Butch Thompson, the Auburn baseball team is heading to Oxford where they will start their uh, final road series in SEC play tomorrow. It's a Thursday through uh, Saturday series. The Tigers, winners of three straight conference series, including the last two over top five teams. Now they go to Ole Miss, who is, they're really... A long shot. I mean, it it would just about take a miracle for Ole Miss to make the SEC tournament right now. Um, Defending national champion. That is right. Ole Miss. Who, who was who was in a similarly tough well, spot they last weren't, year. They weren't quite they as weren't, far back last year. They could see the sun a yeah. little, little bit, little bit they, more than they can right now. They, they, they won their last couple of series last year to get to 14 conference wins. 
they have six conference wins right now. Yeah, it's been a really tough season yeah. for, for for them in Oxford, and it's it, you know it's rare it's a rare situation, Bill, where Auburn. I mean, not the only one, but I mean Auburn. It's been a couple of weeks since Auburn was the favorite in a series, and we were talking about Auburn uh, having a, a pretty good chance of taking two of three. You would think on paper, based on the way these two teams line up, but Auburn, the way they've played lately. Uh, this this is a this this looks like a chance for Auburn uh, to, uh, to to collect a couple of SEC wins. Yeah. So uh, uh, anyway, uh, Jason was with us for the first couple of segments. One of the things we were talking about was a, a big addition into the basketball transfer portal today, literally and figuratively. He's uh, six foot eight, Julian Phillips, uh, five star freshman at Tennessee this past year, entering the portal today. Now. That is fine as far as the NCAA is concerned. But, you know, Auburn fans who are really excited seeing Julian Phillips in the portal, there'd been a lot of speculation that possibly he'd enter the portal. Auburn finished second after Phillips uh, got out of his signing um, with LSU when the Will Wade um, situation sort of uh, was, was reaching its, its zenith that uh, he then got out of that and chose Tennessee over Auburn. But if, if Julian Phillips hopes to stay in the Southeastern Conference, he will now have to get a waiver from the SEC yep. because the SEC has a May 1st deadline for players to enter the portal and be eligible that coming season. We did some digging on this, and, and Jason Caldwell ended up getting confirmation. There are different deadlines for these fall, spring, and winter sports mm-hmm. uh, in this uh, in, in this regard as far as when the SEC has their own deadlines on top of the portal deadlines uh, and the uh, uh, the basketball deadline for an underclassman who wants to uh, enter the portal, stay eligible, and stay in the SEC. Transferring to a different school appears to be May 1st. So, yeah, that, that would mean uh, if Julian Phillips wants to stay in the SEC. Now, he's also... You know, the buzz around Tennessee is that he's telling people he's staying in the draft and that this is a move to just keep his options open. So he, he could come back. If, if he does, yeah, if, yeah. if he wants to. To uh, college. To, to college, but uh, if, he, if he decides that he's, in fact, uh, going, to, uh, going to go somewhere else and he wants to stay in the SEC, uh, there could be another hurdle uh, for Julian Phillips to follow. Auburn, as we were saying with Jason, uh, would be, you know, as a team that, that looks like they have uh, pretty significant needs at the wing right now, Auburn would be mm-hmm. uh, very interested in, in adding Julian Phillips if it's a possibility for next season. Yeah, so that is uh, sort of the news of the day. Obviously, the portal news has been uh, quite plentiful the last few days as far as Auburn's concerned on the football side. Uh, let, let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Anything on your mind, sports-wise, and Greg gets us started this hour. Hey, Greg. Hey, Greg. Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? Pretty good. Well, I tell you, uh, I'm glad our Tigers is favoring. Uh, hopefully we can finish up these last two series, you know, finish strong. I feel like they're peaking at the right time. Man, you think about it. Show. I mean, I, I know it's a little much to expect, but, I mean, if if Auburn were to, to win four or five of these last six ball games. I think they'd have a very good argument um, to to possibly host and and win a game or so in the SEC tournament. I think they 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 very well could host a regional. Yeah, I got to go to the Auburn UCLA game last year in the uh, in the in the regional that Auburn hosted, and it was so much fun. And the atmosphere was just electric. And I, and I would hope that if Auburn's in consideration, uh, the NCAA will look uh, favorably on 
uh, things like uh, attendance and and you know fan atmosphere and, and and things like that because postseason baseball would be great uh, for uh, although I'm sure they'd you know they'd like to get those renovations started uh, but but I think they'll they'd be willing to wait a couple yeah of, they'd be yeah they, well, they'd put it off a little cause bit because they, they're correct me if I'm wrong Bill they're putting hammer to nail. The moment this season ends, that's the plan. On, on the uh, on the the seats and the seats in the monster and the expansion uh, along the first baseline in right field. But uh, yeah, if, if Auburn's hosting some postseason baseball, uh, they might have to hold off a week or two. Well, I, you take it if you can get it. You know they uh, they put themselves in position. You know, you know they just got to keep fighting. They they hit a couple bumps, and you know it's admirable uh, uh, how Thompson's got them going, and it seems like. Uh, the team's coming together a little bit better right now. So, you know, just ride the wave while you got it. No, we're letting chips fall what it may. But uh, I want to chime in on this basketball stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of just been sitting back, you know, reading a little bit. And, you know, I listen a little bit. And, uh, I, man, I like old Bruce. And, uh, I, and I always have. I, his teams play hard. They play really hard for it. Um, but that gummit, it just seems like we always about a, a player short. You know, I mean, it just we can't never just get that final piece of the puzzle. I mean, even when you had Jabari and Kessler, and that team, that team was tough. Uh, that team was tough, and then they just fell off right there at the end. And I don't, I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, and I'm gonna ask this too uh, in a second. Um, give me a minute to say this, but we looking at Julian Phillips and all this. If you got to get a waiver, he wasn't coming. I mean, if he was coming to Auburn, you know, he'd, he'd have put it or anywhere else in the SEC. I think he would have put his name in the hat a little bit sooner. That's just my opinion, but he, that's an opinion. But, guys, I feel like we're grasping for straws a little bit with Bruce here, uh, trying to find the talent and, and fill, fill some boards. And, and, and almost like you say, let's on a hope and a pair. And uh, it, it's kind of falling off from, you know, the vibe that, you know, that he was giving off. And, then you look over in, in Tuscaloosa over there, shoot, man, you know, you're talking about they get somebody like Kobe Bryant, they preseason top five team possible. I mean, come on now. I mean, I mean, right now, right now, Joe Lenardi has, I mean, and he's got Auburn in the NCAA tournament as well. Right now, Joe Lenardi's projecting Tennessee as a two seed. Next year's NCAA. That's assuming Julian Phillips comes back. That's the, Julian Phillips on the team. He's got Alabama as a two seed in next year's NCAA tournament. I think he's got uh, A&M, Arkansas, and Kentucky as threes and fours. Uh, he's got Florida and Auburn making the tournament as well, but a, but a little bit further down. No, it's a. I mean, th- th- this is a Shark Tank of a league right now, and I mean, I, I, I think that Bruce is still. I mean, Aiden Holloway is one of the top high school recruits in the history of the program. And, and Auburn has, uh, they went out and they got Denver Jones, who had suitors from around big-time college basketball as well. I'll say one thing that, that, I, that I've been asked. I don't know the answer to this, but uh, I've been asked by a couple of people who are concerned that Auburn's NIL is not as plentiful in basketball as it is in football, and that there are some folks that are... Uh, generous contributors that are excited about football right now, and basketball isn't it as much at the forefront. I, and I mean, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. Have you heard any of that, Greg? Well, I I, I was getting to that point right uh-huh. there. I was I was about to say, hey, look, you know, I know the bas- you know, the basketball's doing what you know. They've proven some things. I mean, they deserve a slice of that pie. And nope, I hate no the way question. This, this pie 
what this pie is right now. Don't get me wrong. I don't care for this NIL stuff. I don't. I think it's used wrong right now, and I think there needs to be some legislation against it. And there will eventually, maybe. I don't. Who knows? You know, the NCAA's joke and rest of this crap. You know, we'll we'll see. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in our uh, elected. And I, I'm I'm doing air quotes elected leaders right now. But we'll see what happens with that. But I mean, I'm glad the football is going in the right direction. Uh, we we definitely needed the help there. But thank you know, Bruce is. Bruce has, you know, thought tooth and nail brought this program, you know, dang near out the grave. Oh, no, no kidding. He needs, he needs, some, he needs some dang help. But, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can get some things shored up. I, I hate to see it go backwards for him because you know, he's put a lot of – y'all guys know, if you've been an Auburn fan for as long as I have and y'all have, he, that job he done, my goodness gracious. I mean, and a lot of people would have took that. But uh, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to get off, though, guys, on um, – Yeah, appreciate the call, Greg. What he's talking about there, starting with the last comment about Hugh Freeze and some of his comments at the Regents Tournament in Birmingham. He was asked about bringing in Peyton Thorne and asked about, um, you know, the, the Robbie Ashford holding Gurner. He said, you know, first of all, he said he thought Robbie handled it the right way. But he said, uh, you know, if somebody thought, oh, God, he's brought in another one, he goes, well, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, we're, we're, he said, we're going to have four quarterbacks. And, uh, when, when TJ left, we had to have a fourth quarterback and, and, um, players have to understand that we're always trying to make the roster better. And that's just the way it's going to be. So I, I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's what he said from the outset. And, uh, that, that's the way you always have to be. You're always bringing in as good players as you can. And, you know, hopefully, Everybody responds well to the competition. And now, as far as the, the questions about Auburn's uh, NIL in basketball against the top programs in the conference, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I, either. I don't know. I've, been a- I've just been asked I, that, and, and uh, I've, I've had a couple of people say, uh, you know, it, it, it appears that, yes, the football NIL has, has really taken off, and the excitement about what Hugh Freeze is doing, and it's great. But Greg brings up a great point. I mean, what what Bruce Pearl has done for Auburn basketball uh, deserves every bit of support that that uh, uh, that he can get. And if you're if you're after a star basketball player and Kentucky or Arkansas is in too, and, and if and, and, those schools have more, I mean, don't. There's no question that NIL is going to be a factor, right? And it's not like oh, and by the way, at the bottom either, and it's going to be a it's going to be tough to it's going to be tough to beat a couple of those schools if NIL's the top factor right now 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 they're right now NIL could be comparable and there could be other things at stake you know I'm not saying Auburn's never going to win recruiting battles against places like Kentucky and Arkansas and Tennessee and Alabama I think Auburn can can still compete but those schools are going to win their share too and you know the SEC is going to get it's only going to and there are places like A&M and LSU and now Ole Miss and Florida that would love to you know they correct me if I'm wrong Bill a lot of those programs look at Auburn's success and say yeah well if they can do it 
Then we sure can. There's no reason why Absolutely. we can't win as as big in basketball as Auburn has, and so uh, that it's it's only going to get tougher, and it's it's only going to get uh, more uh, more competitive for Bruce to keep this roster uh, near the top of the league. All right, we need to get to our first break of hour number two. Uh, hang on, Specter, you'll be up first when we come back here on the Wednesday Drive. Hi, Jerry here from University Ace Hardware. I've lived in Alabama all of my life and in Auburn for 35 years. My background is in construction and building maintenance. I retired three years ago after working for Opelika City Schools for 18 years. I enjoy working at University Ace Hardware because I work for and with really good people, and I get to help friends with their home projects on a daily basis. See us at University Ace Hardware, locally owned since 2013, next to the movie theater in Auburn. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, and let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. Inspector is up next. Hey, Specter. Hey, Specter. Hey, Dan. Hey, Bill. Listen, I want to talk about what uh, Freeze said on the golf course today. Uh huh. Um, now, tell me your take on this. He said that I'm going to go into the fall with four quarterbacks, I'm going to go into the season with four quarterbacks. And, uh, okay, with that being said, if T.J. Finley had not decided to leave Auburn, would he have gotten Thorne? I think I, I, I think it was known by everybody that T.J. was going to leave. I don't think T.J.'s no, leaving was asking, a shock. I'm, yes. I'm not asking that. Yes, he would have. I, I, Hugh Freeze would have still taken Peyton Thorne uh, if those other guys have been on the quarterback. Well, and I think what Hugh would then say is, I'm going to have at least four quarterbacks. Well, and and there's also, and I'm not saying he would have resorted to this, but keep in mind, too, that the NCAA bylaws do allow uh, an, a first-year head coach to cut any player on the team that he inherits as long as the school's willing to offer uh, that player a scholarship through the rest of their academic career. So Hugh Freeze could have arranged for there to be four quarterbacks on next year's team without T.J. Finley going into yeah, the transfer portal. I'm, if he really uh, wanted uh, both Peyton I, I, Thorne I'm just, and four I'm just saying, if you've got five quarterbacks, you have four. Sure. But he could have, well. he, he could yeah. have, he could have, made, he could have made it to four if, if he needed to. Dan, you bring up another point I was going to ask. Um, he made a statement, I don't know when it was, about, you know, these are, you guys are not uh, SEC quarterbacks. And uh, and if he was to come in there and could he have cut everybody that, that he didn't recruit or didn't want? Yeah, he could have. Yeah, so, so the rules are Billy Napier and Lincoln Riley both utilized this last year in their first years at their new schools. If, if you have a player that, that you don't envision on your team, you can cut them from the 85 the, as long as the school offers them uh, a scholarship for the rest you know, until, until they've completed their degree. Uh, they, they're allowed okay. to stay at the school and remain on scholarship. Now, a lot of players 
uh, elect to go into the transfer portal instead of accepting uh, the, uh, the the offer to be removed from the team. Sounds like Lincoln Riley had uh, almost 10 players was the one report I said that there were about there were about 10 different kids that uh, decided to just take a USC uh, uh, ac- yeah, education take a, take a scholarship instead not, of not athletic instead right. of continuing their football career somewhere else. It sounded like there were a couple of players at Florida. That, that also accepted that deal from Billy Napier instead of going into the transfer portal. So yeah, it's, it's a, it is, it is a rule that, that coaches, it's an offer that coaches have. And it's not a button that coaches like to push a lot, but a first year coach, uh, can, uh, can cut a player as long as they're offered uh, a place to remain at the school. Yeah, I think you're right, Bill. I think if, uh, TJ had not decided to leave, him being a graduate already, he would have cut him. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Possibly, but but I, mean, I but I think I think regardless that uh, Peyton Thorne is somebody that Hugh Freeze really really wanted. And you know, and I think for, in the case of TJ, like I I wonder where I don't think we have an update on TJ Finley's recruitment or where he's no. uh, where he's going to the portal. You know the 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 speed of the game seemed to get to TJ at times last year to a degree where I wonder what it would look like to see him drop down a level or two. And, and play quarterback at the FCS level or even for a, a smaller group of five program and, and see if he could, if, if he could uh, thrive in that atmosphere versus major conference football. Does he still that have, does he still have that option, TJ? If he comes out of the portal, he can stay at Auburn? That, so I, so I think when you drop out of the portal, your coaches can, what is the rule there as far as, is, is it's that, up to the school. Yeah. And it's I, up to the school. So I mean I think TJ has said his goodbyes and uh, I think okay. he I I, I really uh, I think most people do expect him to wind up with his brother at um, USL. I don't know what the expectation is as far as honoring the scholarship of a player that went into the portal and then dropped out. There's no obligation. Of the portal. Yeah, I, I wonder if the school is is under is expected no. to or or if you forfeit your scholarship by entering the portal. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all I got today, guys. Appreciate it, Specter. Yeah, southeastern southeastern would be the favorite for TJ because yeah. his brother's there, and it's and close I think, to home. I think they also uh, are. I don't know the quarterback situation there, but I feel like maybe the starter for most of last year moved on. I was reading about that, so yeah, TJ could be a uh, you know could, could be playing some quarterback somewhere else. Yeah, we we're, were talking about it a little yesterday. I mean, there you know there are a few <laughs> of the guys uh, that that have entered the portal recently. Uh, haven't uh, haven't found homes. If, if, Land, if you freeze, yeah, we talked about we talked about Landon King to Utah, so that being two because you mentioned yesterday two Pac-12 uh, guys uh, from from this past year's Auburn team. If you freeze actually cuts anyone uh, that it has, or if it's happened so far, it hasn't been reported. We, no. we don't know if there's if there's been anyone who has taken that instead of going into the transfer portal. I guess I guess if a player. If a player isn't in the portal anymore, or if a player remains in the portal for a long time, we can wonder if maybe they dropped out and took the academic offer from Auburn, or if one was even made in that situation. We don't know, but uh, because there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of players we were saying from uh, you know from, from last year's roster that have gone into the portal without announcing uh, where they're going to end mm-hmm. up. Landon King got a destination, and uh, somebody's going to Troy. Uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, Colby Smith. Colby Smith. Smith. Col- Colby Smith is uh, is going to uh, is, is going to end up at Troy. The former tackle mm-hmm. uh, announcing that while I was uh, while I was watching the game uh, yesterday, I got to see yeah, uh, Joe Bernardi at, at Troy. That's I saw that. that yeah. It's like it said uh, makes sense with Joe Bernardi, and it's like I didn't realize that he was at Troy. So yeah, that that would make sense. That's a nice That's pickup for Colby. That's yeah, a nice no pick kidding. Up for, uh, for 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 everybody. Uh, a large young man. They, they got yeah they got the, well not just Colby Smith. I'm saying Joe Bernardi. Oh yeah, a nice pickup uh, down there in uh, in, in Troy. 
Oh, yeah. 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind sports-wise? Uh, let's see. We, we talked a good bit about portaling, and we talked about the, uh, the Julian Phillips um, situation there. Um, beginning so of March, uh, Joe Bernardi was hired as Troy's offensive line coach. Oh, okay. Beginning well, of March. Well, good, good for him. Now, one thing we, we do need to um, reiterate is that Tyron Lawrence, who Auburn is very much interested in, who's going through the G League elite camp this weekend, entered the portal by May 1st. So he can transfer yeah, that was my, to an SEC school. That was my first question was, you know, would, would that deadline apply to Tyron Lawrence, who also jumped into the portal late in the process, but I think beat the May 1st right. uh, deadline, the Vanderbilt underclassman, uh, who I guess it would also be conceivable that he'd be closer. Yeah, he, remember, he visited Auburn the last weekend in April. Yeah, and, so. and, he'd be, and he'd be closer to a graduate degree potentially as well because he's been in school for a couple of years. Uh, but, uh, yeah, one, one would think that, that he would be eligible immediately anywhere he wants to go if he decides uh, to uh, to drop out of the portal and return to or drop out of uh, uh, the draft and return to college. Now, if, you know, if Julian Phillips, you know, gets a waiver, um, there's no question Auburn would be very, very interested in bringing in both Tyron Lawrence and Julian Phillips because they don't play the same position. We talked about how, you know, yes, it could possibly be Auburn would be uh, would be glad to take Lawrence and Matthew Cleveland and Julian Phillips is the same plays that same spot as as Matthew Cleveland. He's he's more of a small forward than he is uh, the a two guard. Although I would think that Tyron Lawrence projects to play some three for this team. Some too. three, yes, but I mean they're different. They're they're different I players. Think Auburn Auburn would love to be able to get both of them for oh, sure. They because they can both shoot. Because they can they, both shoot. I I wonder if they would look at Auburn's roster and say with. Holloway and Donaldson at the one, with Denver Jones looking like a starting two, with Jalen Williams and Janai Broom coming back. I wonder if Lawrence and Phillips would be battling to be the starting three on the team. Maybe someone else could play. Maybe Denver Jones could play the one, and you slide someone over. There, there's, there's mixed True. Up. But I, I wonder if they're both... I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I get the sales pitch trying to get no, them both. No matter, no matter what, Auburn would love to have them both. Auburn would love to get them both. Anybody would, I think. I think if you get either of them, you project them for about 30 minutes at the three. Like they, on, on, this, on this roster, right? Because you think about it like, with, with, especially with Alan Flanagan moving on. Well, I'd like say the two of them will get 40 minutes at the three. <laughs> and then you hope to get 10 more minutes each of them for somewhere else. You can find, yeah, you can find 30 minutes for them. And, there's, you know, and, and I still, that, that point guard battle. Right is is really going to shake up a lot of these yeah. things. You know, how, how how you decide which one between Holloway and, and Donaldson plays a lot, and what you do with the other, um, or, or if they or if it's a, a closer to a twenty twenty split, uh, that that's going to be because that because that really sets the tone for what you do at the two and the three and mm-hmm. and every, everywhere else along the court. Yeah, it could could be really really interesting. I mean, Greg was concerned, and and there are quite a few Auburn fans that are a little concerned about Auburn seeming to come in second on a lot of I guys. Got a, I got a bad feeling about this Phillips thing, just because just because yeah. because of the SEC deadline. Now I'm starting to think he's he's going to wear it. I'm starting to think he's leaving the conference. Well, he he may be leaving the conference for the NBA. We'll, we'll, we'll also find that. out. Could be going to the Eastern Conference. All right, we will uh, get to our bottom of the hour break. Half an hour to go. Plenty of time for you to join in here on the Wednesday Drive.
continues. continues. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Wednesday afternoon with Bill and Dan. I went to see some baseball yesterday, Bill. Well, when you got to see it. Auburn didn't get to play. I did. Auburn I... and uh, Auburn and Samford uh, rained out. As a matter of fact, um, I was talking to uh, uh, to someone who was speaking with folks there at at the at the site and said, "Just, I mean, as as the teams were supposed to start warming up, I mean, it just." Poured. Oh no! We, and we Not got, like it did here when uh, when we were on the air. Yeah, so, so I I drove through some gnarly weather on my way to uh, to to Montgomery, uh, and uh, I was able to get. I was worried that parking would be a disaster because it's Troy and Alabama, and there's there's yeah. Lot. How and was it? it? And the, you know, the turnout looked pretty good. I would think uh, you know the places. I think it's about seventy five hundred capacity uh-huh. at, at, at Riverwalk. You know, I, I was thinking, you know, a couple thousand, three thousand, four thousand, maybe in the house, maybe you know, a little, little less than half full. But that was also with a weather delay and some uncertainty. Oh, you uh, said there was a lightning delay. So, so we the game didn't get started until six forty five, six fifty or so, because they they had the tarp on the field uh, to begin, and they delayed all the all the opening festivities for about thirty forty five minutes. They played. Oh, so you didn't have to get out of here early, like I, well, yeah, but I did, but by, <laughs> but it wasn't, but that wasn't information. No, I know, I know. We didn't I'd know. gotten on the road. I could have turned around. You're right, but you know, give, give me another no, segment. That's fine. But, but we, the, we had play, we had a lot of calls. I for love some that. Reason. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I appreciate everybody picking up the slack, or, or maybe they just wait until I leave to call in. Uh, but the uh, don't want to self reflect on what that could mean. Uh, but the uh, uh, the game got a four or five innings in, give or take. Lightning delay pushed uh, you know uh, thirty minutes. They were able to get it uh, as soon as the expected lightning delay uh, you know ended. They were they were able to get back on the field and finish the game. That you know, is a that is a, a really neat venue. I yeah. mean, lo- love Riverwalk. I maintain uh, you know I I don't know if I think I don't know if they're still doing the, the Field of Dreams game. Right? Isn't there isn't there some talk that they did they pull the plug on it? Are they not doing it anymore? Okay, so when the Field of Dreams game happened last year, the the game at the whatever the Iowa corn, yeah, corn cornfield. Field. We we were saying that that field trip major league baseball. Now you don't want to make it a gimmick. You don't want to make them all. Like, you don't want to make it mini golf or something. But field trip games with major league teams are usually pretty fun. The Mexico City game was fun earlier yeah. this year. Well, they two they played two there. Uh, yeah, the, the the one I watched on on ESPN was the Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, the Mexico City series uh, this weekend was uh, this past earlier this season was great. And and I, an idea I had that I want to reiterate after the Field of Dreams game. I would love if every team played a series in their double-A ballpark at some point during the season. If you said, all right, the major league team. Or is at, just at. Or the triple-A park. At, you a, can at a minor league But park. I'd love for at, them to go to their affiliate. One of, at one of their affiliates parks. Yeah. So, I mean, it might be. Uh, a really neat single A, it could or, be, yeah, single or a. a triple A, whatever. Just play it at one of your minor league affiliates. 
sites. I would think maybe double and triple would be closer in facilities Probably. and things to have, you know, to be able to handle, you know, the, a, a broadcast and all that, you know, all, everything that goes along with. I still think it'd be maybe, cool if you a, could do a it. Sing, well, yeah, yeah. Sing, oh, yeah, rookie ball or something, you know, do something there. But the, A rookie uh, ball has played a lot of the spring training sites. You, could, you, you know, could, a lot of those are. Okay, you could maybe, I think maybe moving it a little past past rookie ball, but I mean, yeah, yeah having the, what, the, the Texas League and the, you know, have, having a game in. Sally League. Yeah. California, right? You know, have, have uh-huh. a game on the Pacific Coast. You know, have some uh, have some games. Yeah, but having the having a games at the Double A AA or Triple A venue, I think, would be a lot of fun. And, and seeing, the Rays, uh, yeah, yeah, have, having the Rays come to Montgomery, you know, for oh, a yeah, series or something cool. like that would be really cool. Yeah, send send the what the Braves to Jackson or, or something like that. You know, the Mississippi Braves could have their uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know their moment. You know, I think there's lots. Yeah, of those they need to go further be. than Gwinnett. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there'd be there, there could be some really fun venues and some really you know some lively crowds and who gets to play in Albuquerque? Yeah, I mean, yeah. oh, it'd be it'd be a blast, man. <laughs> you see, see some runs fly yeah. out there, the Isotopes, which is a uh, a Simpsons reference uh, for for you know the the Albuquerque Isotopes. I think that was it's a nod to the history of the uh, the, the nuclear. Uh, the nu- nuclear power there in Albuquerque. It's also the Springfield, uh, the the Springfield minor league baseball mm-hmm. team, uh, owned by the major league, owned by Mr. Burns, who owns the power plant. Also the uh, the Isotopes there in uh, in Albuquerque. You know, nothing, nothing beats though. Nothing beats the biscuits, right? I mean, that that really is it. That's a great. Uh, I, I think the the logo, the colors, like I think a lot of it oh, really yes. is. It's a classic. Uh, for 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 a team when that it was, was for, when they first named it, I thought, oh, I'm not so sure about that. It's, I just it, I wasn't sure. It's I think it's just it's just silly enough. Yep. Like it really it really is. Like and some places have gone I think a little bit too far. Although Rocket City's fun as well. I'm not trying to rain on anybody's trash pandas. There with, with, oh yeah, with the pandas up there. But it's uh I mean even what well, did, didn't Jacksonville was something else and they became the Jumbo Shrimp, right? Like I know they were. They, yeah, they used were to they be. a number. Were they were they were they like the? Uh, I don't know. If they were a number. Uh, For some reason, I thought they were like the 49ers or something or something like that. But as and then and then they switched to they switched to the Jackson to the. I mean, you've got the Sand were they, were Nats. They, you've got the, some really interesting minor league. Uh, were they the Suns? They were. They were the Suns, the and, Suns. Then they, and then they became the, they That's became the Jacksonville the, the, the Jumbo Shrimp. Yeah, were, were they a Royals uh, farm team? I, th- I think that might be right. Yeah, uh, they, it I, I seems want, right. I want to say, or maybe maybe somewhere on the, on the West Coast, even like there was like a. Like they had an affiliation that didn't make sense yeah. with like a with like a California. But, but yeah, team. they were the Suns. I I, I do remember that. Uh, some, some, yeah, bring the, bring the oh, Angels some, to well, the Angels to Rocket City, right? Isn't that their uh, isn't that their affiliate there in? in is that in, right? Because isn't Sunny in Sunny in the Angel system and uh, and it was playing a little bit for uh, Rocket yeah. City. Drew, get on that for us. So see see where the where, where the Rocket Rocket City affiliation is because I think they're I, I think they're in the Angel system. Anyways, I think that'd be really cool, and and, and it'd be uh, something to uh, something to see. And uh, if you get a chance, if you get a chance to see some uh, minor league baseball, Drew says summer, yes, indeed, it is the Angels. Uh, you know, go go uh, go watch go watch some minor league baseball in person because it's usually a pretty good time. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Anything that you want to talk about uh, sports wise? What 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 have we uh, what have we not touched on that we that we ought to talk about? I don't know what's what's. Uh, I mean, there's some. Mentioning the football and basketball, I mean, I, I still think th- that we're in a period where any news could drop Would, on... I mean, now, one thing everyone is just sort of taking for granted is that uh, Janai Broom's going to be back. I, I sure hope yeah. so. I mean, I, I, I think that both both Broom and Williams are expected to return. Now, yeah, but, but Janai was invited to the, to, to the uh, G League 
elite camp just this weekend. Janai was invited to uh, was it the combine. I think where you, where you get to, you get tested out some more. Alan Flanagan that was the that was that was where Alan Flanagan uh, impressed right. a couple of years ago and, and sure considered. Was. And it's you know I I with with the NIL rules in place now I do I do wonder if you know how many players are electing to leave big time college basketball to play in the G League instead. Uh, if if they have mm-hmm. eligibility remaining, or if that's a more attractive proposition, if your eligibility is expired in college basketball, and it's a way to uh, to, uh, to to earn earn a paycheck playing basketball while staying a step away from the NBA. But no, Janai Broom losing Janai Broom at this stage oh, would be could close to disaster. Yeah, I was. I don't want to. I don't want to be too. Uh, it about would it be either. very significant. I, I mean, it would be a Loss. huge. It would be a huge blow. To next year's team, like if if Janai Broom decided, and he's he's within his rights to do so. Um, I, I get the feeling he's really enjoying himself uh, here in Auburn. But uh, if yeah, saw him at the ballpark over the weekend. Yeah, saw saw him, saw him walking around downtown uh, over the weekend as well. So you know, I, I get the feeling Janai's uh, enjoying himself and having a uh, having a great time. So uh, tough to tough to miss him. Saw Walker. Walking around a little bit downtown, you can't as, miss him as either. well as, as I think he was enjoying himself and 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 back to congratulations to him for being uh, NBA first team all rookie and and I think the reason he was back this week and although I told you I saw Walker in town a couple of weeks ago as well so maybe he's back for the summer uh, you know get, getting his uh, you know uh, back in school possibly even but uh, the, although he's not playing next year so don't get you know that that's not an option if no tonight, no that's not an option if no one, once on, you folks. once you're playing professionally in that same sport. You're not going to play it again. I, I got the feeling he was maybe out to see some of his teammates graduate, like guys, oh, the yeah, guys that he very played well with, been. Uh, previously earning their degrees. And congratulations to the long list of Auburn student mm-hmm. athletes uh, who earned their degrees uh, this weekend in, uh, in in various fields and, and across uh, different sports. It's very very cool uh, to see. But uh, yeah, no. If Janai, getting back to the bad news here, Bill, if Janai decided not to return, and I think we we would both predict that he's back, uh, but if he decided not to return. Catastrophic short term, like that. That what that does to the front court for Auburn next year in a league full of oh, you're not kidding, full of full of teams that Ooh. look like they're competing uh, right now, and Lee and teams that feel like they're a player away. Uh, it would be uh, unless Auburn's got uh, a rabbit in their hat as well, far as a post, you know, a player. Well, they, like you know, they're, they're bringing in the six eleven. I believe they were, were bringing. Are they? Yeah, I believe they were bringing in the six eleven uh, high schooler this weekend. It would be Dylan Cardwell. And uh, and and golly, is I'm blanking on the uh, the young man's name who's supposed to be visiting this weekend. Now there's a young man who reclassified, right? Is that Holmes? Yes. The, the, now, is, is that the guy yes, you're talking about? That's him. So he's he's reclassifying to 2024. Announced earlier today, he's going to go to prep okay. school. Okay. So and, and so then so he's not a guy for this year. That's could where still, I, could still I be saw, recruited by I, Auburn. But okay, yeah. so that that's where I saw some reference to him earlier in that I could care less about this guy reclassifying now that Julian Phillips is in the portal. Well, I mean, they don't play the same position. We're talking about the center spot. But if Julian Phillips, you know, Julian Phillips, again, still has to get a, a waiver to be able to transfer to any SEC school. And, you know, as, as uh, at the baseball game last night, you know, some of the Troy luminaries were out and about. Got to see athletic uh-huh. director Brent Jones. Got to see Troy men's basketball coach uh, Scott Cross. And, uh, and, and Scott's got a son, uh, Austin, uh, who was a, a class of 2023 uh, high school recruit. I don't know if he's announced a decision yet, but something Scott and I were talking about uh, yesterday and, and something we've, we've speculated about, Bill, is high school players not seeing the same kind of interest from programs that oh, they absolutely. used to. Oh, absolutely. 
because of the portal. Absolutely. Players that you know would have been developmental pieces for big-time programs are kind of being told, you know what, find your own way to us after a couple of years. If, if it's through the Power Five, if it's through JUCO, if it's prep school to delay your college basketball career. And that's the Mitchell Holmes thing is interesting because I wonder if we're going to see more high school players delay their delay the beginning of their eligibility by a year as they physically develop and we'll see prep school as a more attractive option sure. for some of these guys and and you know you got to still you know they'll have they'll have a clock in mind as far as when they need need to begin their pro career but for college you know maybe especially bigs maybe you make yourself more attractive to a college by playing a year of prep school mm-hmm. getting bigger and stronger reopening your recruitment after a year rather than using that year of eligibility playing at the mid-major level because then you're coming in as a sophomore instead of as a freshman if a big-time school wants you. All right, so yeah, I'm sorry I missed that. Like I said, I was I was doing some things outside. I didn't see that, but I'd seen a reference to it. So yeah, I Mitchell, just, Mitchell I just Holmes. Yeah, I just yeah Mitchell Holmes. Um, so, yeah, he is reclassifying to 2024. So that makes me wonder, all right, how much help – has Auburn gotten um, in rebounding? I I, I don't I, you know they they've been recruiting some of the bigger wings, but they haven't gotten any of those guys. I mean they've talked That's about that. That's where Shady. Julian Phillips would fill an even bigger need now because there's no one else to try to help. One of the problems Auburn had last year is they didn't have anybody besides Jani Broom really rebounding. Right. I mean, and they, and they bring back. If you bring back Jalen Williams and, and Dylan Cardwell, that's a lot of your minutes in the front court. Right. They've talked about Cheney Johnson being a forward, right? He's talked about being a forward. One would think that he would yeah, be expected. He, he would be probably the, the most likely guy to be able to help with rebounding. You know, my, my concern, Bill, it's not, and concern's not even the right word, because I wonder how realistic drastic improvement in rebounding is going to be, because it seems like... When the philosophy is to block as many shots, especially defensive rebounding, when the philosophy is to pursue the shot, uh, to, to, when, the, when the defensive attention is on shot blocking, sometimes rebounding position can suffer. Right. See, it's common to see teams that are excellent at blocking shots that struggle in rebounding rate or vice versa. And that's been the case not just last year, but Auburn... Under this run, you know, Justin Ferguson looked up the numbers once when I, I posited this on the Observer podcast, and Auburn has consistently, in the last few seasons, they've been one of the best shot-blocking teams in the country, you know, not just one year or two mm-hmm. years, but but over the last few, you know, possessions that end in blocked shots, Auburn's great at that, and usually they've been outside the top 150 or 200 in certain rebounding numbers nationally, and it's, you know, you wonder how much of it is by design or just a reality of the plan or, you know, reality. Yeah, of the I don't stri- know, because it doesn't seem like that's maybe that's been the case with Auburn, but it doesn't yeah. seem like that's always the case with great shot blocking teams. Well, you would think dominant posts would be able to yeah. dominate in all aspects right. of it. I, I wonder if, you know, with Bruce but between the emphasis on tempo and, you know, just you know the, the way the team presses maybe more than I, I don't know. I just wonder if if a byproduct of the Bruce Pearl system is that uh, you, you may not rebound at the same rate as, as some other teams, especially hmm. defensively. That would yeah. explain offensive. Auburn still, it's rebounding dropped significantly from last year to this past and that, season. And that wouldn't explain offensive rebounding. No. Like that's also like, a, which which is, 
especially if you're an up-tempo team, maybe the most important thing that you do as as an offensive team because you, you can you can keep teams on the ropes and it, it's difficult to shoot at a high percentage as, as an up-tempo team, but you can you can usually rebound at a uh, at a high percentage if you're uh, if if you're coming out uh, if, if you're coming out strong. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Still time for a call or two, but we need to get to our final break of the Wednesday drive. Stick with us. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN one zero six seven and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call three three four three two one one three nine zero. Toll free at eight 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 three eight two seven five zero two or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. When I get done with the yard, hey. I didn't. Drew looked quicker on the trigger. Then I still got some things to do. I'm working on it, man. I'm working using using the time here in between the semesters. Classes start a week from today for the summer term, and uh, uh, that's that's why I think there's going to be more news in the football transfer portal for Auburn here before the middle of next week, because I think they'd like to have these guys uh, in place. Maybe not taking classes in the first session, but uh, have have things pretty much settled and know who they have as they uh, start summer workouts. Right. I, you know, I think that July and June and July, we've seen teams add in the portal, uh, especially yeah. if there's a glaring need or a surprise addition from the grad transfer ranks. You know, th- things can sure things can materialize out of nowhere, uh, but. No, I, I would say that the the longer you go, once the spring semester ends, the longer you go with a glaring problem on your roster. What's the biggest problem right now that, when you I look at yeah, it on Auburn, the Auburn, Auburn, Auburn football, I think they've they've done such a good job over the last few months that glaring problem is probably not the way to describe. I mean, I think Auburn would like to add a receiver with experience. You know, Auburn Auburn would like to add a more proven option at wide receiver than the guys in the room mm-hmm. right now. I don't know if that necessarily makes wide receiver a glaring problem for Auburn or a spot where they'd be I looking th- I think that's one where you you feel like we need more we, we need more options. Yeah. That would be the closest thing yeah. I think right now to, to a problem as I far mean the as the others is like, oh man, now uh like like Jason was saying, it's uh, you know, um take the best take the best player available at other positions, if you can get a, if you can get a linebacker, and they're bringing Larry Nixon in this weekend, uh, if you can get him, fine. You know, add add, add an experienced linebacker. Referencing the conversation <laughs> we had earlier with Slack, J- J.C. Horn is believed to be coming in as a wide receiver. J.C. Right? Hart, yeah, uh, J- yeah, J- uh, yeah, J- Jacorius Hart. Uh, um, he's he's looking like uh, he's looking like he's going to be. Uh, I mean, and I don't he's going to he be a good size receiver. I mean, like like I said, folks were saying he was two hundred five at the state track meet. I mean, and and with someone coming in, all due respect to where he played, and congratulations on the great success. Man, he's thing. an uh, he's an excellent yeah. athlete. Yeah, excellent I just, athlete. I, I um, it's like what he's a he's a total wild card as far as oh, what yeah. he could provide possibly and. I mean, it's, he, he, yeah, that's exciting to think about. I really, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's one where we don't really talk about him in the wide receiver battle. I'd, I'd love to see him look like he belongs quickly because there's a lot to like there. Like there's, a, there's and there's opportunity. I mean, that's the thing. I don't. It doesn't seem like anybody or a group really stepped up as here are the guys. 
You know, there, there's that's why they're recruiting other receivers because they're there are options, there are availabilities. I, I think we got Ferguson tomorrow. It could be Friday. I'll check with him. I'm going to talk to him later today. So. All right, so we'll have him sometime yeah. before the end of the week. Justin right. Ferguson, quite possibly. Dan and I should be here. I'll Drew, be here. Drew should be here. 